Welcome back to Mad Hopper Productions. This is Brenner. What's and up, guys? Drew here as well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We didn't. We haven't talked to you guys since last year. Gosh, it's been <laughs> way too long. Way too long. But thrilled to be back. Um, so cheers. Cheers to 2019. To a good year. What are we drinking here? We are drinking... So this is a local brew I picked up. Actually, on New Year's Eve, I went out to pick up some champagne. Very West Coast. And, uh, yeah, right? Definitely has the West Coast. Doesn't it have a little bit more... It's refreshing. The... You don't see a lot of those in the in the juicy New England IPA culture that we live in. That's right. So this is Charter Oak Brewing. That's really nice. Brewed here in Danbury, Connecticut, which I think there's a little bit of history here. So I'll let Drew fill us in. I think they've actually been around for a while. You know, just because I don't want to say the wrong information, I'm going to look it up as you look we're it talking up. here. Because... So yeah, so I ran in to, uh, to pick up some champagne. I actually picked up some Sam Adams Winter Lager, which is always a great uh, kind of like beer anyone could drink. Had guest over, so you yeah, know. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a, it's a crowd pleaser. Yes, it's like a crowd that, pleaser. That beer definitely, uh, that, that tugs up my heartstrings. Yeah. Like we, when we used to live up in Natick... I looked forward to getting my first six pack of bottles because they didn't exist in cans yet. But like coming home from work, walking in from the biting Boston, you know, Metro yeah. West Boston cold and cracking okay. a Sam Winter, Winter was like, but, yeah. like there's still part of me that's, yeah, you take a sip and you're like, oh, life before kids. <laughs> you know, <I> was like, <laughs> it holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> that's awesome. So as I was running out with my uh, Sam Winter lager, I ran into a guy there saying, hey, do you want to taste? So I was like, what do you got? Uh, Charter Oak. He uh, gave me the whole story. I guess they recently opened a spot in Danbury, a tap room, some extended hours. So definitely check them out if you're in the tri-state area. Um, he had an, Indi uh, an IPA there. He had, I believe, a lager. Uh, and he had one more. So gave him a try. I picked up the IPA. And uh, that's what we decided to drink right here. So like Drew said, it's a West Coast style it's IPA. It's a lot drier than you're used to. A lot drier than your New England style kind of juicy, fruity IPAs. But as Drew mentioned, refreshing. Actually, when I first sipped it there in the uh, the liquor store, I was surprised. Because I, I, at first I thought it was going to be a New England. And I was like, oh, there's the bitter. So it was a little bit bitter on the back end. Yeah. But um, and you know, kind of a copper copper look, not not very hazy. Um, and he mentioned that yeah, it's more of a West Coast style IPA that they're brewing. Which you know, you filled me in on. We chatted about about it a little bit. Um, those were the original IPAs. Yeah, right? We wouldn't, I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the majority of that market, the IPA market, it originated on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you wouldn't have the. East Coast style or the New England style or the hazy style, you know, without having, you know, like Green Flash Brewing is yep. a brewery out of, I believe, San Diego. I know it's California. I okay. could be wrong. But I remember Green Flash, we're talking like 2010, 2011. I think it was 2010 because it was before Parker was born. They had a hazy West Coast style. So it wasn't a hazy New England. Interesting. But it was an unfiltered hazy West Coast. And it was the first beer I ever poured where when you poured it, you had like the suspended floaties yeah. of, of flavor. Yeah, which will. scares some which, people, which right? Scares Especially the, the novices. Yeah, no, and I gotta tell you, the first time I poured it, I was like, Jesus, you're the back. <laughs> What's wrong but, with this? You know, you tasted it, and it had every aspect that the New England style had, except it wasn't like a milky color. Yeah. It was still clear. It had stuff suspended in it, but it had that 
very hop forward, yeah. a little bit higher alcohol, yeah. um, but much more pronounced in like the resin and the pine yeah. and that earthy yeah. flavor versus the you know tropical, you know fruit juicy yep. citrus bombs that we're seeing today. Yeah. So to taste it, you know the the funny part about West Coast IPAs and this style in general is they get a lot of bad bad you know uh, press if you will from the IPA drinker of today because a lot of the new the new age IPA drinkers started with the, the juicy IPAs. Right. So then they're looking back like what are these guys trying yeah. to do with I, no recollection or no no concept that that these were around a whole a whole lot longer. Right. Before. The history so. the history behind the IPA drinker. And I'll admit it, I'm a novice here. You've been drinking it for a lot longer than I have. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm solidly in that camp of people who are looking for their juicy New England IPA. Yeah, and not even, you know, it might not even, that's, that's what they're looking for, but it's, you know, and, and not that it's a fault thing, but they're looking for it because that's what they, that's what they know. Right. It's not like they're looking for it because, oh, I've had this kind, I've had this style, I've had a bread IPA, I've had a West Coast, I've, you know, uh, it's, it's, well, how come this doesn't taste like all the other ones? Right. You know? Um, it, it, it's, it definitely um, solidifies the, the idea that moving forward with palate fatigue in 2019 yeah. Yeah. and where's the craft beer scene going, that I don't see how this roller coaster that's been going on for the last five years going up at this point is saturated to the point where the bubble is just going to go. Like, yeah. I, I don't be curious to see because it almost seems that if you don't have an establishment yeah a tap room yeah a brewery yeah a quote-unquote local place yeah that these these breweries like you know I, I don't even know breweries off the off the top of my head that i can mention but the ones that aren't in your face local and in your face making it the ones that you would just buy off the shelf, right. maybe not knowing the location or where it came from, right. how they're by default not going to fall off the map. Yeah, because because are... a lot of the local ones aren't at the distributing level. Yeah, right. Like people are driving to them to get it. Right. So those ones that are distributing, that you're drinking a, a you know an East Coast style IPA, and you're like, yeah, where'd this come from? And it came from fucking Bumblefuck New New York. <laughs> Where's that guy going to go now? When there's 37 other beers yeah. that are exactly like it. So I just don't see how in the future we're going to, it's going to sustain. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Because it's a fun thing. It's a fun problem for somebody else to have. Right. For me to spectate. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can watch it. You can watch it melt down. Because totally. I'm going yeah. to drink beer either way. Exactly. No but, matter who's out there. As long um, as they have something for us to drink. So that that's so in this show what we want to cover is uh, maybe take a look back at 2018. What were some of the biggest trends in the beer world? Would love to in the craft beer world. Would lo also love to throw out maybe some of the top beers that were trending in 2018. Maybe some of our listeners are newer to drinking craft beer. What are the ones they should definitely taste if they haven't gotten out there and tried them? Uh, and then we'll look forward to 2019 and some possible trends. That'll be that will be uh, up and coming in the uh, in the new year. I think I think one of the, the beers that started off maybe not even started off eighteen but one of the ones, and it might you know I might be mixing my time frame up but if not in the last year maybe the last two years yeah you saw beers like Trailblazer by yes. Connecticut I don't it's a Connecticut Valley I don't think it's Connecticut Valley but Trailblazer came out and Trailblazer for quite a period of time was this unicorn beer yeah. that 
that did you get your hands on some because you know this is Connecticut's version of Julius. That's so know? funny. So when I switched <laughs> jobs, and this might have been you know a, a little over two years ago, uh, my parting gift from a coworker was uh, was a six pack of Trailblazer, and um, that was really before I was even into the craft brew scene. I but I think it's a four pack. A four pack. Four it was pack. a four pack, uh, and it was before I was into the uh, to the craft brew scene. But yeah, to your point, that was the beer that hey, I got you this. Yeah, it I is drove the extra mile. It is, is it Connecticut Valley. Connecticut so, Valley. I, uh, I I drove the extra mile and I picked this up for you. Now, where are they out of? They, they are <laughs> Connecticut Valley Brewery is out of <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Drew. Captain. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I know for a while that they were brewing in. I want to say Shabin's Brewery, but their their address puts them in South Windsor. Okay, like nice. The thing that's <clears throat> that happened with Trailblazer is their Facebook page and their social media page took off, yeah. caught on complete fire, and I almost feel like they weren't ready for it. Yeah, now, they got up on the on the on the on the social media page and the social media scene, making claims that they were the juicy you know, Julius-like IPA, and then the world of Connecticut went, we need to get our hands on it, right. and couldn't. Yeah. So for a long time, they went into releasing it brewery only. They pulled out of a lot of liquor stores because they couldn't keep up with production. Interesting. And then what ended up happening is, by default, they had to then rush. Yeah. And you had people now, you know, that bubble for them, their own individual bubble, popped so quickly because... As quickly as social media can get behind you, yeah. like anything, it can also leave it can you. turn on you in yeah. a heartbeat. And people were starting to send them pictures of cans that had an inch of goop sediment in the bottom. Oh, and you know, every disgusting. time this happened, you know, you'd get these beer pages that would slam them, and you know, get in touch with the owner; he'll he'll credit you and all this stuff. And just like that, it went from this beer that people were racing for to this beer that now you can find anywhere at any given time. Trailblazer definitely opened up, at least that that's my memory of that one this year that was like... Shot off. Like, I mean, shot and off. Burned. And then, I mean, you had a couple others. You had No Filter by Thomas Hooker. Yeah. That was yep. a big one. Yep. And, you know, when they released that, they released that in a 16-ounce... or they, they released that in a 12-ounce can amongst a 16-ounce market. Yeah. So I remember, you know, again... For everybody that has a compliment, they'll find something to complain about. Yeah. It's like, oh, the beer's awesome. How come you don't have it in 16-ounce cans? Yeah. You know, um, Headway. Headway's Emergence. They, they were more last year because I remember at Christmas, last Christmas, yep. people having some of the... Um, some of the stuff from Hamden from Counterweight. Which that's an interesting story too, right? Because the head brewer is yeah. out of uh, Vermont. Yeah, he was... No, he's out of New England Brewing Company. Ah, uh, New England Brewing Company. Yeah, he was the, the brains... He'd created Gandhibot, the original, which is now G-Bot. Got it. Uh, that was another big beer controversy. Was Gandhibot was... was They went... You know, the the... I don't know what organization, but a... Hindu derived organization interesting uh, went after them for political correctness ah and uh, and and they were no longer allowed to call it Gandhi bot now I think what New England Brewing did was they said listen we're going to avoid all the litigation and any possibility we're not going to fight it right fine we'll we'll change the name they just changed it to G bot and they changed it to G bot and they had a little. Uh, a, a, a tiny bit of a go fuck yourself on the can <laughs> the can used to have a. Like a robotic skeleton yes. that was in Gandhi's image. Yeah. 
And then when they came out with G-Bot, they just had like a pile of bones that were drawn exactly like his body was made out of with just a hand coming out giving a peace sign out of the bones. Like, you know, they're a little like, okay, everybody knows what's connected to that arm, yeah. you know? That was the, the, the controversy, I think, that, uh, that was the big one because that got a huge backlash. That's pretty it. funny. I'll be quite honest. I was totally confused when, it, when you know, everyone was talking about Gandhi Bot and then you get out there and you're finding G-Bot cans and I was like, what is going on here? Didn't even know that story. So I like that. Yeah, they, somebody went after him. I, I couldn't tell you what the organization was. What were the, uh, the breweries? So, you know, where the Trilliums and the Treehouses and the um, other halves were all of these kind of... Were these kicked off, or were these already going coming into 2018? There are so many <clears throat> of these breweries that are that are, are, are big now, if you will. Perfect example, Jack's Abbey. Yeah. Jack's Abbey, you know, they had a, a, a quite a time in the spotlight with their, you know, Kiwi Rising. Yeah. They're, they're a lager-based beer brewing company. Yeah. You know, they have their Octobers. They have a couple Pilsners. Yeah. But they're... Um, Entry into the market was India Pale Lagers and Lager Beers. Interesting. It wasn't ales. Yeah. So uh, they had Mass Rising, which was their double India Pale Lager, and Kiwi Rising, which was a double India Pale Lager brewed with Nelson Sauvin hops, which are a New Zealand hop. The season to grow them is very short, uh, and it used to come out in a 22-ounce bomber. And, you know, to find it during Christmas time or right before, it was always late fall release, uh, it was it was hard to find. Yeah. Again, that's a beer that now, you know, it's it's on the shelf all the time. Yeah. Again, because it's amongst so many IPAs. But <clears throat> Jack's Abbey started in something like two thousand five or two thousand six. Okay. Like early, and I used to live when we used to live in in Natick. Yeah. As the crow flies from where my wife and I lived. Yeah. They were four hundred yards away. I never knew about them. That's insane. I never learned about Jack's <laughs> Abbey until I got here. That's crazy. And I could have literally driven over and filled the growlers up. The, that would have been awesome. there's a lot of breweries that are like that. Yeah. They've been around for forever, and they might have been on a much smaller scale. I think Charter Oak, the beer we're drinking, was one yeah. that's right in yeah. our backyard. I, I couldn't knew about I, them. I couldn't find anything. like the, the main promotion that you see on their webpage is this tap room in Danbury. I yeah. can tell you that that tap room wasn't around five years ago. No, it wasn't. And I think, to your <clears> point, they were either out of Norwalk or New Canaan. They were, they were, I, I, and the only reason I feel, I, I'd gone out to lunch, I don't know, my folks were up visiting years ago, when, when Park, like, we're talking probably five, six years ago, so yeah. Park was little, yeah. and we're at a restaurant in New Canaan with them, or yeah. in Darien, yeah. and, uh, and they had it, and I was like, oh, I've never seen this one before, you know, and someone had said, oh yeah, it's from right, you know, right down the street or whatever, yeah. like, wow, I never heard of that, and I think Meg, every once in a while, my wife will pick up, if she's somewhere and she sees a beer, that she knows she doesn't recognize, yeah. she might just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna grab it. I'm gonna grab it from Trudy. I'll, I'll bring home two or three beers, right? Different ones. Yeah. To hey, give these a shot. If you like them, then you know to go buy more of it. She gets you like a pumpkin ale, right? Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, you know, I get a lot of crap for that. Raspberry. Um, yeah. Raspberry nut crunch <laughs> by Pete's Wicked. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she she brought home one of the Charter Oak IPAs. It wasn't the West Coast. This yeah. is really nice. I like yeah. this one. But, it's a softer um, West Coast, right? It's not. Yeah, this it's not is jumping out and biting at you. <clears throat> it's so. smooth. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the West Coasts have that same, uh, like, palate fatigue that comes where you can have like 
two, maybe three. Yeah. And if you go beyond that, yeah, all night, nothing, no matter what you, happening. yeah, you got no matter what you that. drink, you're tasting it. I feel like that with like a stone. <clears throat> like I've had stone before. Yeah, big time. Uh, right, that's like just jumps out and just like woo. Stone for a while made. Uh, I feel like a lot of people felt that with stone because they had like the ruination, which was like a double or like arrogant bastard by yeah. stone, which was yep. like. You know, and it, these double IPAs, the IBUs are like 160. Right. And, you know, Single Cut ended up doing that with their Billy Watt and their, you know, a couple of theirs. But Stone ended up kind of re-breaking back into the market at some point <clears throat> with um, their Enjoy Buy series. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Ah. So they, they, they were making some some batches would come in a 22 some would be in a six pack where they were enjoyed by dates on them interesting so they always just as like an homage to the culture would have an enjoy by 420 they'd right. always have an, an enjoy by 1231 yeah and they actually put out and i have a bottle of it that's sitting that i i haven't drank yet they had an enjoy after brett ipa series they did and i haven't seen it since but it was enjoy by 103116 and it said this the optimal time to drink this is going to be on ten thirty one sixteen or after that. Huh. I've now had it for two years after that. What is the Brett IPA? I heard that the other day. <sighs> Brett Amicis is... Is it a typo? It's, uh... it's borders on the same sort of thing with lactose. Got it. It's a, uh, it's a strain of, I want to say, not a probiotic, but like a... Uh, a, a sugar or a malt or it. it's it's a touch different than your regular and and it ferments differently and the taste that Brett puts out is uh very dry almost almost uh, like that uh, a slight funk but very dry yeah it's about as dry as it comes yeah. I'm not a huge fan of them but it was just such a neat idea yeah that I bought it because I was like enjoy after oh this yeah. is something I buy and I put in my cellar for right. a couple of years right. you know right that's cool you um, like doing that you like I, the collection I have no problem <coughs> buying a beer and putting it away for four yeah. years yeah you know I, I have there's no, something special about that that is um, pretty cool well I mean that you know it goes right along with what we were talking about last week where you know people aren't doing that and putting beers away so they can drink them by themselves yeah like I'm aging it to show it off almost yeah. But not show it off by bragging, but just to pull it out like someone's pulling out, you know, a, 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 a you know, a, a Bordeaux from, yeah. you know, 1971. Or, yeah. You know, the same sort of concept. The, the thinking behind it, I think, is the same. Yeah, that's what you want but, to do. I don't know. One of the trends, I think, that was also really big, again, maybe not just this summer. I think it, I think it probably peaked this summer. And I guess we'll see with this coming summer was the, was the whole sour concept. Yeah. And that was a, a big combatant to the session IPA, but. Um, so I'll be a f- I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of sours. Uh, I've tried one or two. I do not like it, which is crazy because one of my favorite breweries is Kent Falls, which is really kind of a sour a sour right. It's out of the sour tradition. A lot of their beers, but uh, I'll be honest. Like I'm just not a fan of drinking sours. I. They are a very situational beer. Yeah. Um, and that's a personal thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see, you know, where a lot of people will say, you know, you're not going to drink a stout in the middle of the summer. Right. You know, you're not going to drink Bourbon County. Right. You know, Bourbon Barrel Stout at, in 90 degrees. Right. A sour is the same regard, at least how I held it, where it wasn't a beer that you were going to drink when it wasn't. It was a refreshing beer. You want to have it ice cold. Or you, yeah, you after want to, you've cut the lawn. Exactly. You're, you're in the garden down. all you're, morning. Yeah. You know, you're sitting on the beach. Yeah. 
it they they were a lot lower alcohol. They were easy to drink, but you know, as much as I like the flavor on some of them, I feel like they tapped into a lot of the white wine market beer drinkers. Interesting, because they kind had of that same. Them over. Not even siphoned them over, but appealed to them. Interesting. So you know, you you get a nice, you know, not that I I drink tons of white wine, but you know, if you're eating outside or you're sitting out on your on your deck in the summertime, right? You know, a a cool crisp glass of white wine is nice. Yeah. Like whereas you have the fireplace going and it's in the middle of February, you're gonna like a nice glass of red. That right. It just exactly. goes with it goes, it goes with, with the, the, you know, the seasons. You know. So in that same regard, I think I think there was a crossover audience. I imagine was drawn for that that same idea. I've I've had a couple barrel aged sours that were very white wineish. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because now they're even like, canning wine, right? Yeah. I mean, if you've seen them in liquor stores, yeah. they, people rose. are drinking rosé out of the can. <laughs> <laughs> which which to me just seems dangerous. It seems so it weird. Seems so but people are into yeah. it. So. I mean, I was at a concert at Dave's show this summer. And yeah. I saw people shotgunning right there, <coughs> and I was like, "What is the world coming to yeah. when you're when you're when you're beer bonging a you know <laughs> a rose a rose? So what are you beer bonging? It's that's pe- crazy. Pinot Grigio. What? Yeah. <laughs> Chardonnay. Yeah. It's not beer pong anymore. It's wine pong. I guess another trend, and maybe it started a little earlier, is just the uh, tall, tall boy cans, right? The the four pack. They've tall taken boy. over. It's in, it's insane. Now it's basically over. that's what you buy, right? There's really nothing else, which is which is kind of crazy, but it's definitely that's where the market is. Well, and it's weird because if you think about back when like our parents were drinking beers. You know, they were drinking the Miller Lite or the Budweiser's yep. or what have you. Bud and then, like, you know, Heineken came out in, like, the late 80s, early 90s with the keg can. Yeah. It looked like a mini keg, but yeah. they held it. And uh, the backlash for cans for a long time, as far as the craft beer market went, I think, was that beer, you know, beer tastes the best on tap, then it tastes second best in a bottle, and yep. then can is third. Yeah. The can market today steps outside of that equation because the majority of these beers aren't meant to stay in the can that long. Uh. So so not only have they probably advanced the science behind what the can is made of or if there's an interior coating or, you know, whatever that horse shit might be. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the bottom of a can and it gives you a date. This was canned on 12-11. Right. So this has been in the can for less than a month. Yeah. And they will tell you if you go down to Trillium... Yeah, you're not holding this beer for ninety days. Right. They mm-hmm. want you to, to, to drink it. You it's know, meant, it's gonna start yeah. to lose you know, how many IPAs do you see that say keep cold and drink fresh? Right. There's exactly. a point behind that, right? right? Like it's not gonna they're not meant to age in cans. And again, I feel like the Vermont big boys kinda of paved the way for that. So were those the first ones to do it? First so ones I saw. Heady Topper, like I remember getting a, banger. Yeah, like getting a can of Heady for the first time. Were like, they always in tall boy cans? From my experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, you would get a couple of their, maybe their, their, their once a year, twice a year rotational stouts that they'd put in a bottle or whatever, like a bomber. But I mean, even if you go up there, Luscious, which yeah. is their like super heavy stout that's written in the winter, isn't it? A four pack. Yeah. You know, it's just as simple as that. So, I mean, Hetty, Hetty Topper, I got for the first time, my brother-in-law who has the house in Woodstock. Yep. Had gotten a bunch and brought it back to his house in Westboro. And we used to do our family's Thanksgiving was at their house. And we went up there and it was probably 2010. Yeah. 
And he was like, you got you to try this beer. Like, this is heady. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, it's the number one beer in the world. You know, yeah. like at the time. And he pulled out a can and I was like, really? You know? <laughs> and then in the last six months, yeah. you're starting to see all the breweries around here. Yeah. Voracious Brewing in Monroe. Yeah. They never canned or bottled or anything. They yeah. just had growlers. Yeah. You go up there now. Their stuff is in, in fairgrounds. Their yep. stuff is in, you know, all these liquor stores. Yeah, I guess it was always growlers and crowlers, right, before. Not even crowlers. Yeah, not crowlers, even crowlers. is a new concept. Yeah. Um, which gets pushback from people. I've seen a couple places. There's a place in Vista, New York, right down the road from us on 35, that they have a crowler machine, but it's for 16 ounces. So you can go buy a tall boy. Really? Yeah, and the guy in the store's argument is, like, crowlers are a thing, you know, they're going to disappear soon. And his concept is, like, it's too much beer. And I'm like, well, to me, a crowler, it's 32 ounces. It's two yeah. beers. It's two pints. Yeah. To me, that's almost a perfect night. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know. I guess depending what you're drinking, right? Like, and you're not going to drink a double IPA of 32 ounces. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Maybe. But. Well, I mean, but two beers? Yeah. I, I have a lot of exceptions to the two beer rule. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it's a long night, maybe. Yeah. But but it, it, two beers is two beers. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. that's me. Speaking of two beers, which one are we drinking next? I think, well, let's, the let's do the trillion. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. All right, so I'm what do we have here? Timid. I'm a little timid because I'm not a huge lager guy. So we got the number 72 pale lager by Trillium. Uh, it's 4.7 yeah so it's, it's 4.7 alcohol by volume so it's in the tall boy um, this is great looking forward to this I always get worried about lagers my why is that because, because my introduction to lagers was more yingling than, than, yeah. than you need to ever look at yeah. going to school in Pennsylvania I, I got enough yingling to kill a small army <laughs> and uh <laughs> Lager yeast for me is just one of those things where, in the same fashion that that West Coast IPA flavor can stay on your tongue forever, I find that ales, in general, they can be hoppy as anything, but they're smoother. Yeah. Like a lager is a stickier beer to me. Yeah. Like as far as my palate goes. Like yeah. I, you know, you have one, maybe two. Like Brooklyn Lager, great beer. Yes. You have two Brooklyn Lagers, and the rest of the night I'm like, <laughs> you got something it's like, stuck it's like in I there. Go hit the scope. Right. You know, I got to. Uh, I mean, it smells delicious. Yeah, very crisp. And it's not an India pale. It's mm. just a pale lager. So it's Almost kind of a fruity, kind of on the front. A little bit. See, that's light. Yeah, it's very Super light. Super light. Especially after coming off yeah, the coming Wizard. Yeah, off an IPA. But that's, that's a really light... One of the best... I would say one of the best beers that I've ever drank wasn't an IPA. It was a pale ale. Really? Zombie Dust. Ah. They're by Three Floyds. They're out in like... Ohio or in that area. Interesting. We were out there visiting again, family. Yep. And I was like, Chris, when I get out here, like, can we fit in? You know, hitting a couple of yeah. the Minotti's is the liquor store, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I found one bottle. That's awesome. And I brought it back to his house, and he's like, "Dude, just take it home." Right. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. no. We're, we're drinking. We're this. gonna share this. Yeah. We're gonna experience this. And um, I mean, that's an underrated thing. You're starting to see more and more of it. Talking about." Overrated, underrated. One of my predictions for 19, Yep. personal predictions, is I think you're going to see more of the pale ale market Interesting. coming forward. Do you think that becomes a little bit more crafty? Maybe they start doing some unique things with the flavor and the look, right? Isn't the appearance well, something that's really driven the IPA craze? Well, the, the hazy, hazy IPA. The hazy, the hazy Could you get into that with some of the, uh, the lagers or the pale ales? I think the pale ale market is going to stay away from it. Yeah. Because you've already had somebody that's completely exploited that, the yeah. IPA market. Yeah. 
Um, I just think that right along with that IPA fatigue concept, yeah, people are that, looking for something new, something that, different. Yeah, different. Yeah. I mean, even even Not Hill's got a couple, you know, hopped pales or citra hopped pale ales. Yeah. And you know, or single hopped pale ales, or just plain old pale ales. Yeah. And they are, they're much more drinkable. Yeah. They they generally are a little bit lower in alcohol, so the longevity is. Yeah, you, you can drink you can it a drink, little longer. You can enjoy it longer. Right. Um. Yeah, you can drink forty of them, and get wasted just like anybody else. But but there is more of an ease to drinking a pale ale <coughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I think I think one of the things that's falling off the market. Just to continue this whole idea of, of trends and past, is the, you know, twelve plus percent IPAs, <laughs> the Dogfish One Twenty. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had it. I've had it actually. We went on a tour of the brewery when on when we were on vacation, and um, that was actually one of the samples that we got, and it was almost like drinking uh, a liquor or it doesn't a taste wine like beer. It wasn't a beer at it's, all. It's very lightly carbonated. It is as sweet as can be. Oh, super sweet. I mean, yeah. I, I, it, to me, the flavors I got it, and, and each batch is different. Yeah. And that's why they say, if you look at the bottle or the way, at least one of, one or two of the years, the bottle doesn't have the alcohol percentage. It'll say 18 to 22. Really? Yeah, because oh, each batch is a little different. And, it, and it, you know, they're hitting, they're hitting a zone of yeah. alcohol. Yeah. But it, it, it literally tasted to me like... Uh, like raisiny sweet, almost like a molasses y yeah, syrup, syrup yes. sweet. Yep, yep. And I, I, you know, I've had them before, but you, you get a 12 ounce bottle of that, you pour that in a pint glass, and you almost wish you had two or three friends because you're just like, Jesus, this is too, it's too, <laughs> it's too much. It's too it's, much. And I don't know that. You know, the Sam Utopias. I don't know if you've ever had a Utopia. I haven't had the Utopia, but I heard that's quite an experience. Cracking it's an experience. Open. What is it, like 120 a bottle or something? It's oh, no. It's, it, they're like 300 a bottle. Are they really that much? Yeah, and they come in this... I mean, depending yeah, on the market. it's very ornate bottle. On, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a genie urn. Yeah. I mean, it's got a... a it's that's brass right. cover. Yeah. And it's got a little window on it. I you mean, almost don't want to open it when you get that yeah, one, it, right? Yeah, it's... Well, it's certainly something that if you taste it, you don't like. You dump it down, but you save the bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and is that like a is that like a twelve percenter? No, that's like twenty twenty something. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I mean, they actually say that that is closer to like a brandy. Yeah. Than it is a, a a beer, and I mean, all right. At what point are we going to still call something beer? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I and again. It's a novelty. Right. It's got a very small window of people that are hunting for it. Yeah. And I would say out of that 20 small people or, you know, that, that whatever that group, that percentage of people, that three quarters of them yeah. are trying to find it so they can go, hey, look what I got. Right. It's more yeah, about it's, the Instagram it's, it's a show piece. Out. Yeah, it's a show piece. show piece. But I don't see, you know, I've got a bottle of Worldwide Stout by, by Dogfish sitting downstairs on my cellar table. I haven't opened it. What's that one? Worldwide Stout is a stout they make that is in that 16 to 18%. Okay. 12 ounce bottle for 10 bucks. Yeah. Same price point as yep. the 120. And it was around for years and then they kind of seized production on it for a while. Interesting. And then about two or three years ago, they, you know, they made an announcement or, or, Maybe production was still there, but it was extremely local or brew pub only. Yep. Or it was one of those things where you couldn't get it up here for a long time. Yep. And uh, when it came back, the second I saw it, I'm like, I got to get one. Just because yeah. I'm curious. And I haven't opened it yet, but I'm, I'm almost... 
happy that I've let it sit because I can only imagine that opening that thing right off the bat, you could just light it on fire. I mean, <laughs> that's like the so majority. Yeah. And the thing is, is that 120 is good for that kind of a beer, but I struggled to find the application in which I'm like, this would be a perfect time for a 120. Yeah. And I feel like that with a lot of them. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, let's let's look at, you know, you get it at a bar, the serving is four ounces. I mean, it literally is like, it's a tiny little goblet, which right. is all you need. Right. But is that something that's, you know, okay, instead of having a port or a whiskey after dinner, are you going to have that? that like, yeah. what, I mean, I don't... I wouldn't. Yeah. But I, I can't imagine someone's like, yeah, give me a burger, some fries, curly, well done, and a pint of 120. <laughs> That's not happening. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like that market... As niche as it is, and maybe that's why Sam only makes 250 of the right. Utopias a year. Right. And, and again, I feel like for it to survive following that model, you can't mass produce something like yeah. that. Now, if you have a brewery that's being sustained by plenty of other things, right. you can do whatever you want. Right. But there's no need, or at least demand, that I see. To for, have that. And I have a couple friends that are like, dude, I can't wait for 120, and I'm just like... When? Yeah. Like, uh, what, What's you the have point? Kids. What right. Are, what are they, they have to go to bed, right? Like, it's not like you're drinking at two in the afternoon. <laughs> like, what are some of the breweries that you'll be watching in 2019? Who, uh, you know, which breweries are doing some really creative stuff, and that you're excited to see what's going to come out in 2019? I mean, only because I think part of it is the the simple location. Yeah. You know, I I don't know if you look Nod Hill. Yeah. I don't know if you looked on their Instagram tonight. So they they have. One of their flagship beers, you have Supermantis, mm-hmm. and you have Geobunny. Supermantis Ge- is the double, and Geobunny is single. single, right? Well, they're kind the, of staple. They're IPAs. releasing tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna find it now, but they're releasing Geobunny with a different hop variation. Interesting. So I think that the the fun things for for me as far as what I look for in beer, is I'm almost more motivated. Oh, that's to cool. go try it. Yeah. Because, well, the Reflexia. Yeah. Like I bought their second one, Ace of Wands, is is a yep. normal, but they're releasing the Geo Bunny, except they've changed the combo on the hops color. Yeah. So now you have everything's the same, except the flavor tweaking is in the hop edition. Yeah. So I think that's neat. I, yeah. Those are the things I kind of That's creative. You know, that's much more fun for me to to want to be involved with than somebody who's gonna take red wine musk. Right. And, you know, like and, and make beer taste like Pinot Noir. Like, yeah. I, I mean it's cool. Yeah. And one of the things that Trillium does that they do very well, and as far as I'm concerned, one of the reasons they're very strong is not only their IPAs are, are great beers, yeah. but um, I had a cutting tiles by them and I had a dialed in by them yep. that a buddy of mine brought down. The cutting tiles, or no, the, the dialed in that I, he had brought down, in the brew they used grape musk from the Pinot Gris grape. Mm. So you have a, 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 this, this tart white wine grape that they've then put in the boil but what they do well there that i don't see any other brewery that's done as well as them is they've now taken the tartness that comes from that musk and found the appropriate hop yeah to pair when you're tasting it yeah it flows yeah it works yeah and again am i going to go out and drink four of them no it's but but for that whole like hey let's taste this it's gonna be cool it's a really they've really they've really they they mesh well with their ingredients yeah. and nobody does that like Trillium does I mean Sam at Dogfish he was one of the first to 
you know, put coffee in beer and put raisins in beer and, you know, and do these wacky things that, that worked out well for him. But I think he, he did really well with that because he was only doing that. Yeah. Now you're taking it to this level. They made noble rot that they yep. did with some sort of white wine musk. Yep. But that was a good beer. It was super light. It was much closer to a sparkling wine yeah. than it was a beer. But Trillium still holds on to that beer yeah. with a hint of wine. Right. And they do it so well. Um, Nod Hill's definitely one that I have access to really pay attention yeah. to. I don't, yeah. I don't have the access to Trillium. Yeah. You know? So I think just because of the location, Nod Hill I'm going to be paying attention to. There's a couple breweries in the Danbury area that, that I like. I, I really want to get up to, um, it's in Bethel. It's called Broken, oh, Broken, Broken Symmetry. Symmetry. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Yep. Um, I think, uh, I think they have the, the potential to be really good. I've also heard of another brewery and I've yet to see it, but I'm going to share some, some confidential Ooh, some information confidential on information. the podcast Please here. spill. So I was at Pippa's in Danbury, bar in Danbury. Okay. Very, very fun bar. Great wings. Okay. Uh, great promotion. And while I was there, a guy walked in. With a keg, yep. Not like a full keg, like like a craft keg, like yep. a like a like a log. And he said he was from Hat City Brewing. Okay. Danbury Hat City. That's yep. that's their logo or whatever. They were a brewery that was just starting up. This was an IPA that they'd made. Pippas had put it on tap for them. Interesting. And it was delicious. Huh. If you Google it, I can't find Hat City. Wow. I know that they exist. From what I've been told, and again, this is alleged. Yep. They're in that whole Comcast DMV of Danbury area yep. of yep. Danbury. Yep. Somewhere. Yep. Um, I think I, I, I'm definitely curious. This is truly the unicorn hunt now, because we well, don't even know if this brewery exactly. exists. Exactly. And I've tasted their beer. Wow. For all I know, this was some guy who just made it up and brought in <laughs> some brew. in his kitchen. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> dropping um, this off. I mean, I, I would like to, and I'm not talking down about a brewery by any means, so if you guys at Reading Beer Company are listening, or Reading Beer Brewery, whatever you guys are called down there yep. in, in Georgetown, um, I've been there a couple times. Have you? So I haven't been there. That's, so that's definitely a place I want to get out to this year. Their beer is good. Okay. My opinion. Yep. I, I am curious with Nod doing what they're doing. Yeah. How Reading isn't going, we gotta we gotta, we gotta step, step up our game. So I heard there's a really cool atmosphere the, at Reading Brew. That's right? hanging out in the experience, which is another yeah. trend I think that'll continue to develop into 2019. I mean, it has to. And you mentioned that the, the breweries that put on the experience, right? Yeah. And I think they've they've initially started it. This is gonna sound crazy. But up in Kent Falls, having just a playground set where the kids can hang out and play while the parents are drinking. I know Nod has a playground set, but like those simple things where you create an atmosphere where the millennials, right, as much as you want to rag them, are going to go there, they're going to hang out, they're going to do some cornhole, the kids can play in the jungle gym, and you can drink beer. The ones that can create those experiences, I think, are the ones that are going to be able to succeed. Now, I heard Reading has a cool experience. I haven't been down there yet, but I, I heard they have a cool experience. From my experience there, I, <coughs> to, to your point, I think one of the funny things and that you brought up that is so true that might be overlooked by the masses mm. is you just said, you know, you want to have that complete package. That's what attracts the millennials. Yeah. 
So if you look at the demographic of people that are after those IPAs and what IPAs do you have on tap, yeah. that's a millennial. Yeah. Guess what? That millennial also has kids. Yeah. So now, okay, well, we're parents. Yep. You want to go out for dinner, tack on 60 bucks because yep. you're getting a babysitter. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Or you're going to a Nod Hill and yeah. saying, hey, kids, you have a playground? It's summertime. Right. We have a taco out. truck here. Yes, exactly. You got some live music. You've covered everybody. <laughs> You've got it. So, so, so you're true. not, you know, so as true. opposed to being like, oh, there's nothing the kids do to there. Yeah. We can't go there. Yeah. Like, uh, Reading Beer Company is located on that little back street that Wire Mill Barbecue's yep. on. Yeah. Um, I was there at nighttime and it was cooler weather. Yeah. So it wasn't a good testing ground. It's, I didn't see Can't if there was out. anything outside. Yeah. I can tell you the inside. <clears throat> Not a hill has that rustic inside. Yep. You're not going there to watch TV. You're no. going there to socialize yeah. with your friends. Yeah. You're going there maybe. Catch I don't think some. there is a TV. There, there. isn't. Nope. Maybe they some have, board games or something. They've got an old school record player. Yeah. They got a jukebox yeah. set up going. They they got great tunes playing or live music. They have a food truck most nights that they're open. Reading on the flip side, no food truck. You can bring food in. But if you go down there during the playoffs, you got the Yankees going on a big screen. Interesting. You okay. got you got booths, almost like a restaurant, but huh. it's not a restaurant. Right. Um, my one criticism from tasting their beer is that they definitely seem to have put as much expense into the atmosphere as they did the beer. Right. Whereas if I were to critique it. As a beer drinker, as someone who wants to go try new beers, right. I would rather have an atmosphere that maybe wasn't as cool right. with more concentration on, on the making, beer. making good beers. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, will I pay attention to them? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm curious. And it, and if they're making great beers, that only benefits all of us. Yeah. Um, but not I'll pay attention to. I, I'm I'm kind of always paying attention to to the big hitters on, on a low key level, even if I can't get it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pay attention to, to, to Nebco. Yeah. I'm going to see, I mean, Treehouse is fun to pay attention to, but at this point I, I don't have nearly as much interest as Treehouse as I, I once did. Yeah. Um, only because, you know, they're riding that wave because they can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have the option of so many other good beers. Yeah. Instead of put the work in to go get a treehouse. Yeah. So I'm never going to turn it down if someone's like, hey, do you want a treehouse? Sure, I'll, yeah. you know, I'm always going to drink it. But um, I'm, I'm focused on the local right now. I love my, it. My, I love my, it. My, my life is, has kind of forced me to in one regard, yeah. but it's not a bad option. No, not at all. I think I'm definitely focused on Nod being three minutes from the, from the homestead. Uh, I'm excited to see what industrial arts does, right? I love Wrench. I love some of the things that they're doing up there. Uh, excited to see what Kent Falls does. Uh, you know, I love all the stuff that they're they're producing out there. See if maybe we get some better distribution, so we don't have to drive all the way up there uh, to get their beer. But I mean, that's um, same with Counterweight. Yeah. Same thing with Steady Habit. Or yeah. No Worries Brewing, which are two that are. Yeah. You know, Steady Habit is like outside. Out, they're not in Hamden, but they're right outside of Hartford. No Worries Brewing's in Hamden. I think Steady Habit is in. Uh, um, is it in Avon? No, no, no. It's in. Uh, Haddam, East okay. Haddam or yep. Haddam, yep. Connecticut. Yep. So it's like 20 minutes outside of Hartford in the woods. But that's where Steady Habit is, and Steady Habit has got some strong beers. Yeah. Another big one to the scene lately in New York is uh, is Sloop. Yes. Juice Bomb. Yep. They have. I had a New Zealand Juice Bomb that somebody gave me right over nice. Christmas that, again, was just a, a, a different hop variation. Right. 
great beer. The Christmas party I went to, where I took a picture, and they had a sloop juice bomb keg at their house. That's insane. And it was funny because it was a house that's like, here's all this delicious wine, we have a bar set up, right. and the keg kicked in like that's a half hour. I was like, that's, that's hysterical. Like, it's a bunch of adults. Yeah. And everyone's like, is there any more sloop? Right. And I was like, no, we can't. Can I get there. another pour? <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Um, so sloop is kind of bustling under the scene, hmm. and they're only located in Peekskill. Okay. So they're not that far. Yeah, they just far opened either. up a brew pub in Peekskill. That's awesome. Um, there's a lot of breweries in the city that are yeah. super underrated, but just the the effort to go to the city is yeah. It, right. is we're hard. out in the sticks. Come on, we're in Connecticut. Captain Lawrence. Captain Lawrence and Abbotsford. Captain Lawrence is 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 another one to pay attention to because they have so many beers I didn't realize they make. Yeah. That are brewery only. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have to get down. I'm super excited about 2019. If nothing else on this podcast, getting out there, getting the stories behind these breweries, what they're doing, tasting some of their beers, sharing their experience, and just inviting people to get to know some of the beers that maybe you're not familiar with because you're waiting in line for Bright, right? Yeah. Instead of spending four hours in, the, in, uh, in line to wait for a Bright, you could be traveling to some of these amazing breweries, and that's what I'm looking to unpack in yeah. 2019. Um, I'm curious to, not necessarily with just the breweries, but I'm curious in the scene in general. Yeah. The IPA scene, the, the beer scene coming down to like the store level. Like what we have at our fingertips now, yeah, is it gonna stay like that? Yeah, you know, because as these changes happen in the brewery side, where people are going, you know, I'm gonna go there less and less. You know, one of the reasons they can fund, you know, Relic, perfect example. They only used to put out one or two beers. Now they have like thirty different cans out. Right. And what you learn is that is that Relic has always had those. Yeah. But they only started canning them now because there was a market for right. them. Right. You know, if that drops off because no one's there looking for, you know witch doctor or, right. you know, or, or mage or, or uh, leaf storm or any of these beers that they make if people aren't walking in and going oh, I don't know leaf storm I'm leaving and now they're starting to go oh, I'm going to try this one yeah like, what's going to happen to that market right you know I'm curious to see how that goes um, and Omnipolo is another one we're, we were reading an article about the, the overseas breweries that are yeah. trying to touch on it'll be here. interesting to see some internationals come in um yeah, I'd be curious about that. Stone built a brewery in Germany. Hmm. Yeah, they were the first American brewery to do that. Oh, that's interesting. Now, that, was that, was that um, so that they could make like the true kind of... Um, we were talking about it earlier, the Oktoberfest? No. The Marsen? I think... <coughs> some the other articles, brewery did that. Maybe from, Otter Creek or someone else did that. The articles that I had seen when that first happened, which was a while ago, almost seemed like... Well, where's the birthplace of beer? Okay, yeah. Germany, right? Yeah, go back to the roots. And this guy was like, you know, whereas, whereas the article made it seem like the German culture was like, ah, oh, these Americans are going to come here and try to brew beer. Yeah. And this, the head of Stone was like, yeah, we are. Yeah. You know, like, like he was, it's almost, it almost. Unapologetic. Kind of, exactly. Like an F you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to come over there. I'm going to make a brewery. And then your country's going to like my beer better than yours. Yeah. That was the impression the article gave. If that is the truth behind it, who, who knows? Who knows? Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's great. I think uh, that'll be a wrap for our 2018 review. But excited to, uh, to start producing some content around, um, you know, kind of these local breweries and what they're brewing. And uh, looking forward to what 2019 holds true. Any, uh, any last words to, to sign off? No, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think it is... You can get a, a a handful of different predictions depending on who you talk to. Yeah. 
which is part of the fun of it. Yeah. I think it's just going to be cool to see where it goes. Because as much as you or I or anybody can sit around and talk about what they think is coming, I think it's going to be fun no matter what. Because yeah. we're going to see what, what, what comes. And, and at the end of the day, it's still going to be good beer. It's going to be awesome. So, so uh, we'd love to hear your reviews, right? It would mean a ton to us if you could post a review. If you're listening to us on Stitcher or Spotify or uh, iTunes, go in there. Give us your feedback. Uh, we love that. We thrive on that. Send us an email. Yeah, at if there's the... something you want to hear. Yeah. Something you want to hear. You want to call up and say my voice sounded funny. I'd love to hear it. Or yeah, you we write in. I should say we actually love hate mail. So if you got hate mail, please send it to us because we love that. We thrive on that. Um, you can hit us up at themadhopper at gmail.com. That's mad m a d d with two d's because we're really mad. Uh, but we'd love to to hear your feedback. You you want to send us some interesting things that you're drinking, you're talking about, you're seeing. We'd love to uh, to to hear from you and to discuss. And don't forget, we you can find us also on Facebook. And and on Instagram. I'm going to actually put a picture up of the beers that we went through tonight just so uh, if anybody's curious and wants to try based on what we talked about, you'll see what the can looks like and maybe be able to pick it up. Awesome. Thank you. Signing off. Have a good night.